We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. We're here. I wish I could keep this feeling. I wish I could keep this feeling. In 2003, Nike signed 13-year-old Freddie Adu to a seven-figure contract. But Freddie didn't live up to the hype. He has turned down every single documentary project looking closely at the details of his career. Until now. People are going to look at everything you did because of the hype surrounding your arrival and what they think you can be. I'm Grant Wall, and this is American Prodigy, Freddie Adu, from Blue Wire Podcasts. What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of The Corner Podcast. Kel Dansby here with the old man, Andreas Hale. It has been one hell of a night. We just finished watching the Jeezy versus Gucci versus, so we're going to fresh off the press, talk about that to start off the show. We also watched Bellator and one hell of a main event there, so that will be the first thing we talk about in MMA, and then we'll give our predictions for UFC 255, which goes down this weekend. So plenty of combat sports on this show, but of course, first, we got to start off with the verses. Old man, <sighs> I was scared during this. I, I felt... I felt on edge, like you know when Spider-Man got the spider senses. I felt like I was a keen, I was keenly aware that some shit might pop off, and I'm just in the crib. I can't imagine the people in the building. The energy at this versus is like nothing we've seen before. Yeah, man, this was one of those situations where you know you've been at the club and then you see two guys talking, and then one guy just immediately turns around and walks out, and you're like, "Oh, he going to the car? Oh, it was, it's over." <laughs> yeah, he popping the trunk. It's time to go. There was a lot of that. I've never seen so much stress and tension um, on a stage 
in a long time. Uh, my boy Chuck Creekman from All Hip Hop <laughs> tweeted that this was Brandy and Monica with guns. <laughs> yeah. Yo, f- first off, when it's 40 minutes late, you already know it's about to be on some some shenanigans. So Gucci ain't show up until like, what, 8.35 East Coast time. It was supposed to start at 8. He shows up. Everyone's hoodied out. He got the long trench coat. I'm like, oh, shit. Like, whenever people come into the club with hoodies, you know, nah, this, this is not the place I'm supposed to be. Cause, and the trench coat, they got the fully in the tux. So, now, Gucci came with a motive. His first two tracks, both diss songs. And he's rhyming it to Jeezy's face on some, yeah, I killed your man's type shit. I can't do it. Like, that's, Jeezy gets the award for most mature person on earth. Could you imagine? No, man, I would have spazzed. No, that would have been it. That would have been it. Just, you know, imagine, just, just imagine, like, you hanging out with your girl on a stage, right? And she just says something that's really sideways, just about something that just you and her know. And you, you would spaz. You'd be like, why would you embarrass me like that? Somebody died in this beef, right? Like, there's a dead body is that culminated in this beef. And these two are on stage, and the first thing Gucci does is a diss song. Now, I don't care what they talked about beforehand. I don't care if they was like, yeah, we're going to be civil. At a certain point, 15-year-old beefs, like the skeletons come back out the closet. And I, I don't know how Jeezy's this mature. I got to applaud him. Maybe it's his new wife. Maybe it's, I don't know what it is. You know what I'm saying? I mean, like, I couldn't do it. Listen, everyone right now is saying it's a work. They did the final song. They performed it together. They saying we all got worked. Maybe, maybe, as we always say, everything is pro wrestling. But in the beginning, if this was a work, Vince needs to start handing out contracts. Yeah, man. Because it started off spicy. Dog, this, look, even if it was a work, I don't know, man. Listen, Kel, you're my friend. If, if, yes, if, a rival podcast killed you, and 15 years later, we buried the hatchet just on some, oh, you know, we got to be more mature and grown up. And then we're doing a, a joint podcast, because that's the only thing I can liken this to, because I can't rap. Um, we do this joint podcast, and he goes in there and he was like, he just does a, a diss song that brings up your dead body? That's the end of the podcast. Yeah, I, yeah like, I don't care what they say at the end. Again... The two performed last track together. No, I'm not. I'm not forgetting all the shit you said for the prior two hours of this battle. No, there's nothing. Nothing that's making that okay. Dre, if a rival podcast killed me, it fades on site. On site. That's on some Whitlock shit. For it's life. Fades, <laughs> fades on site. I. The check must have been lovely for this battle. Uh, Again, I don't know. But let's talk about the battle itself because clearly uh, Guwap doesn't understand what a versus is because this fool starts off and he's like, you playing old songs from 05. Yes, that's what versus is. You play your hits. Like he's playing like new joint, like two new diss songs that nobody's ever heard before. And Jeezy's staying in 2005 like it's stuck motivation all over again. And Gucci's bad at this. And I'm like, dog, have you watched a Versus before? Clearly you haven't, because you would know better. Like, Mans didn't play Lemonade until 
he was down 72 points in the fourth quarter with three minutes left <laughs> trying to celebrate a touchdown on a trick play. Like, what is wrong with you? This is a battle. This was this was ridiculous. This is like the worst game plan. I thought Nelly had a terrible game plan against Ludacris. This was absurd. Jeezy kicked the onside kick down 72 nothing and celebrated when he got it. That's what Lemonade was. <laughs> it's just it's ridiculous. When you look at his song choice, how he started, I, I'll admit, I don't know more than three, or excuse me, Gucci. I, I don't know more than three Gucci songs. And he played all three that I know. <laughs> so, and listen, I marked out when he played them, but that's all he had. Because we are a combat sports podcast. You know who, G, or who Gucci is? Gucci is Baron Corbin. Baron Corbin has the deep six. Baron Corbin has the end of days. And Baron Corbin has that shit where he runs outside the ring and kicks you in the face. Those are always great moments in a wrestling match. He ain't got shit else. So you, and the so, rest of the 20 minutes is filler. That is Gucci, man. So that was the five moves of doom, basically. That, that was it. At least, listen, at least Cena got some shit in between. Hulk Hogan can Hulk up. He'll make you feel good. He ain't even that. He Baron Corbin. You don't get shit else in between. Yeah, I, look. You guys, I listen to more Gucci than I like to admit because I worked at BET <laughs> at his peak. Well, not at his peak. When Gucci died every week, I was at BET, and that was like my beat. I've said this before. Did, didn't they tell you they couldn't play Kendrick because you had to play Gucci? No, Drake. Not Kendrick. Drake. 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 I wasn't, like I wasn't allowed to have a meeting with Drake because I needed to focus on Gucci, man. That was a real conversation that happened in my office. <laughs> this is like the week after So Far Gone dropped. Not even a week. Like three days. I was supposed to meet with uh, Oliver, uh, Drake's manager. And yeah, that shit didn't happen. But... So I've listened to Gucci Man. So um, Make the Trap Say A is a joint. Even though it's not even Gucci's song, it's goddamn OJ the Juice Man's. Where is OJ these days? But um, those, question. Though, that's a song. Like That's a joint. Lemonade, that's a joint. Like How do you not? Like, as soon as you see Jeezy going into his bag, you call an audible. Like How dare you try to run a counter when they're rushing nine people at the and they're coming right at you. Like, what are you doing? Call an audible. No, what this, is what, this is what happens when you don't got a quarterback. It's like Clearly. it's like your San Francisco 49ers in the Super Bowl. You guys are down like 20 points. Motherfuckers are running the ball. Because it's what you do, right? Like, he doesn't have anything else. If he would have burnt those within the first six tracks... What is he going to for the rest of the battle? I don't know, but I don't care because you got it. <laughs> versus, like, I, this is, I think, the key to versus is being a front runner. Like, you have to start off strong. If you start off Ooh, weak, okay. you're kind of buried because you can't really come back from that, especially when you're battling somebody like Jeezy who's got hits. So it's like, if man's got hits and he's coming out the box playing hits, and you know that certain songs he's not, he's holding, like Soul Survivor, for instance, he held the dumb late as yep. a counter. But you got to come out blasting. Like, if you're not blasting, what are you doing here? You can't do diss songs that don't nobody care about. And then, and then on top of that, you can't do... This is what you can't do. And this is what you can't do. Yeah, uh, next time we do a versus, let's battle with jewelry. What are you... Shut the fuck up. Like, what are you doing? This is <laughs> like a, you don't know what this is, sir. <laughs> and, then, and then Jeezy said, we'll battle real estate. And I'm like, oh, my God. He's just sunning you on every level now. Like, <laughs> what is wrong with you? Like... Gucci lost all that. Like, we needed fat Gucci for this battle in terms of, oh, yeah. of music. No, you need a super. 
like he took it disrespectful to disrespectful levels. He had to go times ten, like super old school mixtape grimy Gucci. That's the only way to do that. You got to do what Jada did to Fab, yeah. where he bullied him out of playing classics. He was also drunk. And that, that he was very that drunk. Yeah, that did. Help. And Fab being sober did not help him at all. No, it made him mad. Yeah, Fab just sulked in the corner and stopped playing hits while Jada just hit him over the head countlessly with hood classics. And granted, Jada has a lot more hits than Gucci Mane. But Gucci didn't really play to his audience. I mean, that, they were in a strip club without masks in Atlanta. Yeah, but the people watching at home, you, you got to play to the audience, to the people watching at home, and try to steal those votes, right? Well, yeah, but that's like, what I'm if saying. You're, if you're a deathmatch guy, don't try to go out there and fucking be Kota Bushi. You don't want to go out there and be Okada. If you're a deathmatch guy, go out there. You blade in the first two minutes of the match. You throw some barbed wire in, and you make this shit grimy. He really didn't do that. No, that's what I'm saying. Like, you have to start off strong. Like, especially when you're damn near an hour late and the East Coast is sleepy. Because it's like, come on, man. I'm here for the work. I'm not here for the bullshit. And Guap gave us bullshit. And Jeezy... Just had so much stuff stored. I mean, dog. He, he I mean. He didn't even play the Jay-Z verse. We could, I mean, he shouldn't. Like two tracks. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it, it's my battle. Don't. No, don't, but Gucci played the full Migos verse yeah, on one joint. I mean, but that that's not even your battle at that point. But he played They Know early. And it was Every, over. Everyone has played They Know. Every, Luda. Now we got Jeezy. Anyone on that remix plays that track. You know what's hilarious though? Like you play "They Know" and it's like it's the end of everything. Like that is a song that literally ends everything because Shawty Low didn't have a lot, but that joint rang out. And Jeezy playing that, and the fact that I could see Gucci's boys like mouthing the words, I was like, "Oh, you're gonna be in trouble when he sees this." It's my, this, this might be like super disrespectful, but I think Shawty Low got more than Gucci. Yeah, somebody's gonna be mad at you for that. The dun 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 at all. That shit was fire. I, I mean, I wasn't a fan. I just know what I heard. You did like that shit. That shit was crazy. I didn't like the D4L stuff, but if you throw that in there too, he might got more hits. D4L was pathetic. <laughs> I know that was the bane of your existence in hip hop. That might have been the floor. That of you. That laffy taffy. Oh God, oh. that was. Oof. But. Again, it's a hit, so he might he might got more. That Shardy Lowe song is, yeah, that's... If you're playing spades, you win in every book with that. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's the biggest joker. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's red like, over black and everything. I mean, they, God, that's, damn. That's, that's everything. Like, you keep that in the back pocket, and you just bop. And Jeezy played it early. He played it early, because he knew. Like, he was like, I got so much stuff in the tank. Like, I can play this now, so? <laughs> like, what you gonna do, stop me? Gucci couldn't stop him. This this was this was this was really one sided. Although I saw some people who were like diehard Gucci Man fans, it was just like we saw won. a couple. And it's like <laughs> I, I mean, you really have to be a Gucci fan, right, to say that he won because he didn't. I don't care what you say. He lost. He got ran out. It wasn't like the Falcons and the Patriots where he had a lead and just coughed it up. No, he lost from the beginning to the end. It was bad. Easy. Oh, it was all bad. But one thing 
that I felt like, you know what, I got to ask the old man, because I definitely got a story. I feel like everyone listening to this has a story. And this was the vibes in the building. In case some shit pops off and you got to run, there is clear etiquette when getting shot at. Everyone got the one story where they've been shot at or a place that got shot up. And you, sir, I know have multiple of these stories. Every weekend. Every, every weekend of my high school, I, like I promise you, it, out of fifty-two weeks, and you take away like some of the holidays, there were forty weeks where we were out like hanging out, and places got shot up in Vegas. It just happened. Yo, I'm. I will tell this. I got. I got several of these stories. So New York. I mean, this shit happens all the time. Like shit gets shot up all the time. But the two that stick out to me is in Vegas, because again. People have this different perception of Vegas. Like in New York, I kind of expect these things. I'm on high alert. In Vegas, the first time I was shot at in Vegas, I had to be like, I had just moved there. And maybe I was like ninth grade or something. I went to the Puerto Rican Day Parade. Um, and it was a festival in Vegas. Puerto Rican Day Festival at Sunset Park. And I remember chilling. And... Like, you know, me being Puerto Rican, I took, like, two of my boys. We were chilling. We are walking around. I'm talking Spanish. Everyone's chilling. I'm showing them, like, yo, nah, this is that. We get food. And only thing you hear is, oh, word? Stay right there. Oh, shit. As soon as you hear, stay right there, that is key. Key to start moving. I heard that shit. I looked around. They stopped. I got a fucking baclaito in my hand. Shout out to everyone from New York if you know what this is. I got a baclaito in my hand. I'm trying not to drop it. And then next to you know, there's a huge lake in Sunset Park in Vegas. And people, the guy is shooting across the lake. He didn't even get the gun and walk back to the people he had beef with. He's shooting from the parking lot on one side of the lake across the other side. We're like, fuck. We start like the low crouching crawl and moved. I swear we were doing like Deion Sanders 40 times while crawling damn near on the ground. This shit was crazy. And we were out and I got a baclaito in one hand. You see him just fucking bucking on those the whole clip across the lake. I was like, yo, we ran to the bus stop. Um, shout out to Twix. Uh, everyone in Vegas, if you guys know Twix. A speedy recovery, by the way. He caught the Rona. But he used to have a barbershop on Sunset and Eastern across, when I was growing up at least, Fata Mall. It was across from the park. Everybody ran into that shit. Everyone's in the barbershop. It was fucking nuts. Cops come. It was crazy. And I remember being like, yo, they shoot in Vegas. I had no clue that like Vegas got shot up. Because again, I came here and I thought this shit was like, I don't know, like Boy Meets World or like Saved by the Bell. Like you go from New York schools to Vegas, like y'all had a snack line. Like I could buy shit that's not school lunch. Like I get cheese on my curly fries. Like this shit's unheard of. You got vending machines. There's no metal detectors. So yeah, no, I thought this shit was like Beverly Hills. And then shit got shot up and I was hanging with my cousins from Compton. And I learned a whole different, whole different side of Vegas after that. So that's that's the one that really sticks out in my mind. It was like, yo, this shit is crazy. They actually shoot up Vegas. And then I come to find out, people shoot up all the time. My second time was Martin Luther King Day Parade. 
Oh, that's common. Yeah, you never go to the <laughs> Yo. You come with track shoes on. It's time to go. Yo, I had no clue. There was a guy from Rancho High School. I will omit his first name. Um, I will omit his whole name. Because I ain't trying to get caught. He out now. I saw him. I saw him like a year ago. I went to Rancho for like a... Uh, it was former players versus current players charity basketball game. And I swear to God, he killed two people. One year at the Martin Luther King Parade when I was a senior. He went away for like five years. Somehow he's out. He beat a double murder charge. I can't I can't call it. But he was at the charity game. Gave me dap, yo, what up? How you doing? I was like, yo, what's good? And uh, yeah, it was mad cool with me. But I was like, yo, this motherfucker would shoot up the Martin Luther King Parade every single year to the point when he showed up you go you give him a pound hi yo good looks what up and you keep it moving and you know that's your time to go to a car and there's like little kid step groups there mm -hmm. <laughs> there's like cheerleading squads from do little of like eight-year-olds doing their dances and shit don't care he shot it up every single year yeah i mean i've got a lot of these stories um <laughs> I remember there was a club. It was a teen club. It was always a teen club soon. They always got was shot it up. off of Flamingo Road? No, there were so many of them because they got shot up. And they got shot up so much they had to keep changing locations. So it, no club ever lasted more than five, four weeks because it got shot up. Like we had a, a there was the dopest club that I remember we had was called the Manor. It was a mansion, and everybody went there and it was great until I might have told the story before until a, a friend of mine punched uh, a dude. To get to a girl, but he ended up like he ended up punching them like the three stooges. It like went through all of them, and then everybody went flying. And then like three minutes later, all the windows were bust out because bullets were just flying through the mansion. And that was the end of the manor. But the story I was gonna tell <laughs> is that's it. Like yo, nope, that's the end of the club. Nah, that yeah. was just one of them. Um, there was a club, and we used to go all the time. And I don't like man. Vegas is really the wild, wild west before, like, cell phones were a thing because you couldn't keep track of anybody. So you just, when people showed up, you're like, oh, shit, there's such and such. So there was a club, and we used to always hit this club. It would be, like, midnight. Um, no matter what year it was, if the DJ played uh, Luke Scarred, you knew it was, it was popping because it was like, all right, get smashed tonight. That's how it always was at this club. DJ played Scarred. You know, everybody at this point, he's getting ready to play slow jams, which means, oh, get you a girl. So me and my boys, we go and we meet up with some girls and we go outside. And when we go outside, we have all the intentions of going back into the club because we, you know, we're trying to see what these girls are about it. So we go outside. These girls are not about it. And then I see one of my homeboys and I'm like, oh, it's late. It's like one in the morning. He just pulled up and I'm like, oh, this isn't good. You, what are you doing here? So he walks over. He's like, yo, Dre, come over here. And I'm like, all right. I walk over. Two of my boys is with me. He pops a trunk. This motherfucker has a musket. You know, like the musket. It like, a, like, like you got to like load it. It looked like one of them things shots. where you put pour the BBs in and like you have to get the, the little spongy thing and, and push it all yeah. down. <laughs> yeah, this is what this thing looked like. And he was like, I got my thing thing on me. And I'm like, and I'm looking at him and, you know. Me asking a stupid question was like, uh, what are you going to do with that? He's like, you want to see? And I was like, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't want to see. So I get my boy. So I tell the girls, I was like, at this point, I'm like, I'm not going back in the club. And I'm thinking, I'm just going to save these girls' lives. So I'm like, yo, let's walk. And now it's the middle of the night. 
again, we don't have cell phones. We're just walking because I know it's about to go down. We walk and all you hear is a boom. Ah! And then you just see people running. <laughs> and, you know, the, the, the cops were on the scene like dumb fast. And I'm sitting there thinking, man, am I an accomplice? Because I just see this and I'm going to get questioned. So now I'm running. And then like more people stop, start shooting. So the cops start going the other way. And I'm just like, yo. This, this was Vegas. And I get home, and my pops is like, yo, how was the club? And I was like, cool. <laughs> That's cool. Because <laughs> that, that was our normal night. I don't ever, I, I don't think, oh, there's, there's a story. I got killed one night. This is interesting, because now I'm hosting <laughs> a, a podcast with the ghost of Andres Hale. Okay, so <laughs> I got in trouble. Because I would never come, my dad, my pops tried to give me a curfew. And I was like, how dare you? But he was right. He should have gave me a curfew. But I was like, how dare you? I've been there before when I was younger. Yeah. Like, how dare you try to tell me where to come home? I was like, the club don't close, like, whatever. Because I I used to take the car, and he was like, bring the car back. And I'm like, why? Two reasons. One, because I had a two-seater and would pack it with, like, six people. So it looked utterly ridiculous. It made my pops car scrape. So he was pissed about that. Two, I just would never come home on time. So he finally put his foot down. He's like, you're not going out. And I was like, you're nuts. I'm leaving the house. But, and no, he took the keys and I couldn't go. So because I couldn't go out, I was like, damn, what am I going to do? So I, um, I think this is the same night. There's a couple times this happened. I called one of my boys. And they were like one of my loyal friends, Mook, um, <laughs> was like, well, if you ain't going out, I'm not going out. And I'm like, for real? So he, we stayed home. And I think we rented Fear of a Black Hat. And we watched it. And we were pissed. Like, we just sat there just mad. But the movie was hilarious, so we were happy. But then it ended, and then we were mad because we couldn't go out. <laughs> and my pops ordered, like, a pizza, and he would eat pizza with, like, gigantic chunks of sausage on it. It was gross. I, like, I remember this. So it's, like, 2 in the morning. We go to sleep. My doorbell rings at 4, right? My pops gets the door because we're, we're knocked out. My pops gets the door. It's my friend. She's crying. And she's like, Where's Dre? Where's Dre? He's dead. And I get up and I go, no, I'm not. And she's like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. What happened? There was a shooting and we thought you were there. And they said Dre died. Come to find out another Dre had got shot and killed at the club. But everybody thought it was me because I was always at the club. So I looked at my... I had a beeper. This is this is. I didn't have it. I looked at my beeper. I had like like thirty nine messages. Right, my voicemail was full. Like, are you okay? Are you alive? my boys are calling me? Because it's like I, one of my voicemails. One of my boys is like, man, they said you. Man, I hope I'm getting ready to cry. And I'm like, yo, I'm here in the flesh. And it's like she hugs me, and my dad's like looking at me, and my dad goes, what the fuck be going on at these clubs? <laughs> <laughs> but I was dead. I was dead for like. I was there for 24 hours because, again, no cell phones. Nobody can keep track of you. I was always out. But this one particular night, I was not at the club. And somebody named Dre got shot and killed. And he was light-skinned. And everybody thought it was me. Light-skinned Dre. Yeah. Like light-skinned Keisha. Yeah, like my my advisor from the Capitol League called my house. Like, it was crazy. Lawrence Weekly? Yes. (laughs) <laughs> Lawrence, we, they, call, they called my house and was just like, where is Dre? Where is Dre? And my pop, like, because the thing is, 
my phone used to ring all the time because I'd always have people calling at disrespectful hours. So my pops would just turn off the ringer at night because he didn't want to be bothered. He worked the graveyard shift. So all them calls, I had no idea what's happening. So I was completely oblivious until uh, this girl, I was almost going to say her name, came to my house <laughs> and asked my dad and was crying trying to tell my dad that I got killed when I was laying on the couch, falling asleep watching movies with my homeboy. Like he, we both were there, and we passed out watching watching movies and eating pizza and fucking rap videos. And she's out here crying. And you know what my boy does? Mook, he just starts laughing. <laughs> I mean, that's funny. I'm laughing now. That's crazy. But if you were out, thank God, because your dad would have fell for the okie doke. It would have been all bad. Yeah, it would have been bad. But that that was the night my dad looked at me and was like, son, the fuck be happening at these clubs? And I'm just like... I don't know. No. Yo, no lie. My mom listens to this podcast. She f- probably finds out new shit every time she listens. Because, like, <laughs> your dad was at least there to, like, no shit. My mom doesn't know it. Like, I remember I threw some wild-ass party. It wasn't even the stripper, like, pole um, lingerie party I threw senior year. It was, like, a junior year party. It was before I had my daughter. So, it was a junior year party. I threw that shit at the crib. And when I tell you all of Las Vegas came to my party, from MLK down came to my party. The entire east side of Vegas was at my party. So you imagine all the schools. Um, Kappa League came. Someone was, uh, they had three Suburbans in the middle of the street playing E-40 hyphy music. Ghost Ride in the Whip in the middle of the block. Like, Kappa League was strolling on the middle of the block, playing music out the Suburbans, doing choreographed shit. It was wild. So that was like half of Valley High School right there. That was half of Rancho, and everybody else trickled in from El Dorado. And then, so we're all just chilling. Everybody, Canyon Springs is open at this time. Canyon Springs people come down. We're like, all right, cool. My, my crib might have been 850 square feet. Two bedroom, one bath. No, it was a three bedroom, 800 square feet. This shit was tiny. One bathroom, it was crazy. I had two kegs, mad liquor, and for some reason, like, I was like, I'm, you know, I've never smoked, so I was like, yo, no smoking in my crib. So people were packing the backyard to smoke. And this shit, I had to have had 400 people at my crib. So we got music inside. We got the cars playing music outside because there's not enough room. And I remember there's this one chick who went to Rancho. I'll omit her name. But she came through. She was partying and chilling. Around one, she was like, yo, I'm going to go get my boyfriend, um, his friends. And people knew her boyfriend loosely, but he was like 23. And we were like 17. She's like, yo, I'm going to go get my boyfriend. Then his friends went to party. All right. Her boyfriend shows up. He got beef with someone else on my football team. Like, yo, he comes in. He looks like Stacy from the wood. <laughs> got the no, curl? no joke. He got the curl. Light skin, curl, blooded out. Like mad rags, all this shit. Blooded out. And he walks in and he's like, and I'll say, he's like, where's Jamal? And mind you, Jamal is there. He's like, where's Jamal? I come to the door, I'm like, yo, Jamal, he went home, like he had a curfew. Where's Jamal? I already called my girl a bitch, blah, blah, blah. And he's wild, it's him and four other dudes, blood out. He's like, where's Jamal? I was like, yo, he went home. They're now 
the rest of the football team is now taking Jamal and they put him in a closet in the third bedroom. And this closet is fucking tiny. Put him in there. And I remember the state, so I just called the dude Stacy. I don't even fucking know his name. But I remember he's like, I'll give you one more time. And he lifts up his shirt and he just has a gun on one side. Like on his left side, you can see the handle of the gun. And then on his right side, you see that he got like the crazy fucking knife on his right side. It's like, this guy come from Vietnam? Like, what the fuck are you doing? He's like, where's Jamal? I was like, yo, he went home. And he, I was like, you can look in the crib. He comes in. I was like, fuck, he took me up on my offer. He comes in, he, went to the, he goes to the back. I remember he goes to my mom's master closet because it's the only big one. And he fucking swings the closet open. He's like, this bitch ass, I, you tell him I'm coming to the school, I'm going to fuck him up. And then she's like, I told you not to come here and be on that and blah, blah, blah. And he, dead, dead ass middle of party, 200 people, slaps her. Bam! Right across the face. It's like when the music stops. Everyone's just like, oh my God. She's like, oh no, I'm sorry. He's not here. They get in the car. The D Jamal dude comes out of the closet. And he's just like, yo, thanks for not telling where I'm at. I was like, yo, you're not dying in my crib. He was like, all right, good shit. We, he gives me a pound. Music goes back on. We party at like 6 a.m. That was the closest I've got to like someone dying in my close proximity during the party. Wow. And he wasn't shooting me, I didn't think. In hindsight, I mean, maybe I should have told him where Jamal was. I don't fucking know what happened. I was like, yo, he ain't going to shoot me. He ain't looking for me. So I'll, I'll lie for a teammate. But that shit was crazy. Yeah. That's Vegas people are... Vegas people, I granted, I didn't grow up in L.A. Vegas people might be worse than L.A. because they're trying to be like L.A. people. Yeah, it's a little wild. It is. So they got to, like, prove their shit. But, yeah, dude looked like Stacy off of the wood. No joke. Every time I watch the wood, that shit just has me dying because I remember that dude from that night. Never seen him again. I think he did a bid for, like, 15 to 20. Sounds about right. Yep. <laughs> Listen, I don't know. The girl has his name tattooed on her chest. God bless her. I wish her the best. I don't know what the fuck happened to her either. Probably a poor decision. Um, let's hit this break, though, because we got tons of MMA to talk about, and we spent the whole beginning reminiscing on the show. You guys stay right there. When we come back, we are talking MMA because Bellator uh, just occurred, and then, of course, we got UFC to preview. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. All right, we'll get back to the show in a second. But first, 2020 has already reshaped how we work and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical and Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job site, according to Comscore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. And now Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria that you can contact the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. 73% of online job seekers in the U.S. visit Indeed each month, according to Comscore. So it's clear Indeed can help get you the quality hire you need. That's why more than 3 million businesses worldwide use Indeed for hiring. 
Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. All right, just that quick, we are back. No more reminiscing on gangbanging in Las Vegas. It's time to talk MMA, and we're going to start off quick this segment, talk about Bellator, because it's the freshest thing that happened in MMA. And really, it's just the co-main and the main event. Starting off in the co-main, we have Benson Henderson fighting again. Dre, I didn't know Benson Henderson was still fighting. I thought he was a coach in Arizona. (laughs) No, he's still fighting. And he comes in here, um, and it's one of those fights where I look, and it just it reminds me of exactly what Bellator is. It is where MMA careers go to die. Yes. And nothing is more poignant of that than watching Benson Henderson in this fight. Fighting on a Thursday night in the co-main event, not even main event anymore, and getting taken down and not being able to do shit for the final two rounds. I mean, he came into the fight uh, as an underdog, so that should tell you a lot right there. Um, it just Jason Jackson doesn't have a Wikipedia page, but he's a pretty good—he's a pretty good prospect. He only lost in Bellator to Ed Ruth, and he's big. Like if anybody watched the fight, you notice that he's a big guy. And I Ed Ruth was like a light heavyweight. No, nah, well, wait. Um, Welter, he just, oh my god! He, yeah, he just Ed looks Ruth really is big. Smaller than I thought. Yeah. yeah, he looks huge. But um, but uh, Jason Jackson just controlled Benson Henderson. Henderson couldn't do nothing with him. Um, it's time for Benson Henderson to consider his career because prior to this, he got flatlined by Michael Chandler. And oh yeah, you know, and if you, I mean, not every. I'm not saying that everybody should have a Wikipedia page, but if you are a former champion who loses to a guy who's wiki, doesn't have a Wikipedia page, like if you go to the Wikipedia page of the event and it's just a black name, you might need to reconsider your career. And that's probably what Benson Henderson needs to do here. Um, it's crazy because there was a time where it's Benson Henderson, Donald Cerrone, and Jamie Varner, and Anthony Pettis. Like, WEC was killing shit. Yep. And now it's like... Strangely enough, Cerrone and Pettis are like still here. They're kind of washed, but they're still here. Benson's gone. Varner's been gone. Um, yeah, like WEC is is finally folding up. Like I don't know who's left. Cruz Pettis Dominic versus Cruz. Henderson two was twenty thirteen. Yeah. Yes. That was one of the. I don't know if it was the first, but it was one of the first UFC cards. UFC one sixty four might have been the. First UFC card I ever covered. Mm, that was a long time ago. Crazy. Yeah, that was deep. I remember being in the elevator post-fight with Anthony Pettis, and he's just like, I can't believe that I subbed him. So quick. It was like a flash sub. Because Benson Henderson hasn't been submitted since that fight. It was the only time he got submitted. Crazy. And I was like, oh, shit. Pettis is getting so much better. And then now we're short-lived. That card was not great. I mean, Chad Mendez knocked out Clay Guida. Rothwell, Dustin Poirier, they got some heat on those cards. Looking back, and not to get too far off track, but I'm not sure we'll ever see that in the UFC again, where we look back at these pay-per-view cards and be like, yo, legit stars were 
second fight of the night. No, nah, not anymore. These cards, there's too many cards. It's impossible. It is impossible to have that kind of uh, quality on a card because now it's a bunch of people like, I don't even know who the fuck this guy is. Yep. But Al Iaquinta was the second fight on that card that night. Yeah, that's that's crazy. Well, yep. Yeah. Al say, I mean, this guy had a title fight, right, against Habib and did better than a lot of people. Tim Elliott was buried on that card. There's a lot of, like, heat on that card. You, yeah, definitely not seeing that again. But Benson Henderson, you you look and shit, I mean, it makes me feel old. WC was 10 years ago. Yeah, man. And those who didn't get a chance to watch it sucks because WC was a shit. I didn't watch it in real time. I did. I didn't watch it until 2012, right after the acquisition. Yeah, the WC was, for smaller weight classes, it was incredible. I mean, when you saw yeah. guys like Jose Aldo, you saw Dominic Cruz, you saw, I mean, Uriah Faber Uriah was Faber the Uriah Faber was the man. Uh, I, went <laughs> the to, man. I went to WC in Sacramento to, to cover a Faber fight, and I, can't, I think he fought Mitsugaki, maybe? I can't remember. And there were people lined up outside before the first bell, just lined up with Uriah Faber faces on a stick. Like, to understand how big Uriah Faber was for WC and in general, and the fact that in your mind you think he was a UFC champion, but he never won UFC gold. That dude was yeah. a star. And the, the UFC kind of fucked this one up when they brought He's the most talented to never win a UFC title. You might be right. I mean, he. I know he was the biggest star that never won a title because that dude was like when I, he was also talented as fuck. Like, man, like Dominic Cruz was just his kryptonite. I mean, Cruz was Team Alpha Male's kryptonite. But the thing about like Uriah Faber, because dude, like he lost the title to Mike Brown. He broke both of his hands in that fight. I remember watching that fight. Um, but you know, he he was he was just such a big star. Great wrestler. Didn't have the greatest striking. But that's how long WEC was. Mike Brown's a coach. He's been a coach for years. Like, he used yeah. to be champion. And Jose Aldo ran roughshod over him. Cub Swanson yeah. was in WEC. Like, Mighty Mouse was. Yeah. Not even the man WEC. No. He was just, just getting his, a little taste. So, yeah. So, I mean, the, the Showtime kick happened at WEC. Yep. Against Benson Henderson. So, now he's losing to a guy without a Wikipedia page. It's time to consider your career. Oh, yeah, it's over. Just go coach. Like, I thought you were doing that anyway. I really don't need to see you be a gatekeeper. And it's so weird because he never struck me as the guy that would become the gatekeeper. No, I mean, they don't. They never do until they do, right? Like, they, you look at these yeah. guys, and especially in MMA, because immediately when they win the title and have, like, two or three title defenses, you start getting the hyperbole. He's the greatest lightweight champion of all time and blah, blah, blah. And then they lose a fight, and then the wheels come off the wagon real quick, and then all of a sudden they're washed up. And Henderson was a guy at that time, because of his durability, everybody looked at him and was like, oh, he's going to be straight. And he just was never the same again. He went to Bellator. He never won the title at Bellator. got knocked out by Chandler. And now here he is again losing. I mean, Jason Jackson have a Wikipedia page now. He's pretty good, but the fact remains, <laughs> you know, it's it's over. I mean, Ben Sanders just had his third kid. Um, he always looked like a guy who could have been a star, but you would think he was very quiet. He never really like was over the top. Like 
He was the anti-Anthony Pettis. You know, the thing about Benson Henderson that I felt like never really got capitalized on is they never really talked about the fact that this fool used to fight with a toothpick in his mouth. That was the craziest shit I would ever see from Benson <laughs> Henderson. That toothpick, he would just tuck it in a fight, like a razor blade. And he would fight five-round <laughs> fights with a toothpick in his mouth. That was absurd, but that's what he did. That's impressive. To never, to never just randomly have the toothpick stick you in the mouth during a fight is, is next level. Unbelievable. But that's Again, that's Benson Henderson, and yeah, it's time to go. Yeah, we're never seeing that again. Um, in the main event, we just talked about the past of MMA. Now it's the future of MMA. AJ McKee. Jesus. Main event. I mean, listen, we thought he would be the one going on um, to face Pitbull finals. Cool. But the way he won is more important than him actually winning. Being taken down, I, I was watching it like while the verses was supposed to be starting like so the verses on the main tv i'm watching this on the bottom tv and i'm like yo mckee got taken down if anyone knows his wrestling pedigree i'm like what the fuck like he might be in trouble he's on his back like wrestlers aren't made to necessarily be on his back he's not a jujitsu guy i was like oh this is gonna be interesting and the next thing you know he wraps up a submission i've never seen before and lands the choke, and it's over with. And I'm like, yo, he is the real deal. Because he's shown us his hands have developed. He's developed power because he's naturally athletic and strong. And the power, when he throws his hands, is there. The wrestling offensively, obviously, is there. He's one of the best in the world. And then, now he can fight off of his back? I, I don't know. He's one of the most well-rounded. He's not a prospect anymore well-rounded fighters we have in MMA. Yeah. Um, Bellator does weird shit. AJ McKee, when he showed up on the scene, was a guy that we watched, Antonio McKee's son, and we were like, you know, this because he trained with Aaron Pico, but all the attention went to Pico. But people yep. saw McKee, knew he's going to be a fucking problem. And now they did this Grand Prix, which I think is a great idea. I like tournaments. I think they are a great idea. But, you know... Pitbull's in it defending his title. But McKee's just out here just starching people. Darian Caldwell is a former Bellator Bantamweight champion. And he bumped up in weight um, to fight McKee. There wasn't like a tremendous size difference. But the things that McKee does in the cage, he could be, like we were talking maybe last episode about Pitbull being, maybe being the best featherweight in the world. It could be McKee. Yep. Like the two best, best featherweights could be in Bellator. Like, no bullshit. McKee submitting... Like, okay, for those who haven't watched it, you should, because you need to see what McKee does in this fight. Because Caldwell doesn't want to strike with McKee because McKee's last fight lasted like a grand total of seven seconds. And it should have been shorter, but the ref got there late, which is absurd. But if you watch that fight, you'll know what I'm talking about. This fight, Caldwell says, you know what? I don't want no parts of this. I'm going to take him down because I'm a good wrestler. And Caldwell is a good wrestler. Caldwell takes him down, starts to work, ground and pound with short elbows. McKee immediately goes to work throwing elbows of his own. So you're thinking, oh, he's just going to try to fight his way out of this. But he gets really comfortable as soon as Caldwell continues to throw elbows. He slithers his right arm underneath and tucks Caldwell's head beneath his, well, right above his armpit. 
reaches his left arm over and puts in a neck crank. This isn't a guillotine. This is a straight muscle move off of his back. He is not choking him like a straight guillotine where he's got the he's got the underhook. He's not doing that. He's doing this over. Carwell immediately realizes I'm fucked, starts to panic, and you could see him shaking trying to get out of this thing, and McKee's just squeezing. And it's over. 71 seconds. Now this guy's in the Bellator Featherweight Grand Prix Final where he'll face the winner of Emmanuel Sanchez and Pitbull, which most of us think is going to be Pitbull because Pitbull already beat Emmanuel. Yep. And if Bellator doesn't figure the fuck out how to market this fight as the best featherweight, because this isn't, this isn't Ryan Bader, right, who came from the UFC and you were like, he's the best light heavyweight. and was like, no, I saw him lose to Tito Ortiz. Not true. This is, these are two of your guys. Pitbull is yours. He's had the most fights in Bellator history. AJ McKee is your prospect. If you don't fucking push this thing to the moon, I don't know what y'all doing. Cause yeah, I don't know if that one can be on a Thursday. Like, keeping it a buck. Like, they got to do something bigger than that. They got to make it feel bigger. And what, and what Bellator usually does, and I get what Coker tries to do. But he usually will put these fights like this with somebody like, but I guess Pitbull's his own star now. But a McKee, they would put the old people on top of the card to try to get people to watch. It'd be like, Chael Sonnen versus Leota Machida. And we'll be like, what the fuck? But they'll do that to yep. try to get viewers in. You don't have to do that. If you do this with just packages, dope video packages, great promo, tell people, because you have a legit claim. It's not bullshit like Bader. You have a legit claim to say, we might have the two best 145-pound fighters in the world. Yep. Because Max Holloway lost his title. Volkanovski is relatively new t- to the block. Like, to be fair, I thought Max Holloway won that last fight. I mean, yeah, I sure. mean, people did, but it is what it is. He's not the champ anymore. Like, he's lost two in a row, okay? Two or three. Okay. Is it three? Two. Oh, three, because he lost to Poirier. Yeah, so he's lost three in a row. McKee is 17-0. and 0. Pitbull hasn't lost in years and beat Michael Chandler, who looks like he's on the verge of being somewhere in the mix of the lightweight title picture. These these are two of the best fighters that you got, and they're yours. To be fair, he hasn't earned that. They just kind of tossed him in there. I mean, he's still Michael Chandler. Like, Michael Chandler. Yeah, they they tossed him in there due to reputation. Yeah, I mean, he's earned his rep. They know what they have with Chandler, right? Just just I mean, it's... It's shitter get off the pot time with him, so you can't put him anywhere else. No, and plus... Like, if you're going to get your juice out of him, yeah, you put him in the mix right away for a title. And I think he's competitive, just like Eddie Alvarez was. Yep, I agree. You know, like, Bellator has these talents that are homegrown that they need to push to the moon. And you look at AJ McKee, and you're like, come on, man, he might be the champ. He might be undefeated and become the champ. Actually, I'm betting on him to beat Pitbull. Oh, me too. <laughs> me too. Which is crazy because, I mean, the guy's 25, but I think he has all the tools. I mean, he's got, he definitely has all the tools. He's got power. He's got wrestling. He's got submissions. He's got a chin. He, he could be the best in the world. So, Bellator, stop fucking up. Push this guy to the moon. Like, well, we got to see his chin proven. I mean, it, it'll get tested against Pitbull. That's almost yeah. guaranteed. I I only say almost because McKee has just been blitzing fools. And it's crazy because McKee only has six finishes. Three of them have came in his last three fights. So he's just, he's hit another gear as a fighter. That's scary. Yeah, I mean, he styles make fights. And he's been against people where it's like, okay, they're giving him opportunities to finish. That's one thing I, I noticed in Bellator, which is, is weird at times. Uh, Aaron Pigo's been the opposite of this. But... A lot of other times, it's like, 
if you're one of these hotshot prospects, even with Ed Ruth, um, we see it with a lot of guys coming over from UFC. And it's like people would rather take you to a decision and see how it plays out than really take chances against you. Yeah. And you'll rack up a lot of decisions when you first come over. And it's like, okay, they're kind of feeling you out. Um, for these young kids, though, like, Pico was thrown to the wolves right away. So he's a different a different beast. But when you see, like, the reputation proceeded in this case. And people really were just like, I'm not going to let him knock me out. I'm not going to be a highlight of AJ McKee. I'm not going to be a highlight of Ed Ruth, you know, for 10 years from now. So I, I think people were hesitant at first. But now when you go up the ladder, it's like, yo, we're, we're fighting for something. I'm going to let my hands go. You let your hands go. We'll see where we go. So I think McKee is going to continue to rack up these knockouts just the same as Pico is. Because, one, they're getting the grown man strength. And then, two, it's just the higher you go, the stakes are raised higher. And people are going to give you more opportunities to do so. So we'll we'll see what comes of that. I can't wait for this final. Dare I say Bellator is doing something right? I mean, we'll see. It kind of we, fell in their lap, right? I mean, it's, it's, it's doing something right, but it's kind of what happens. Um, there are some guys that you watch and they become a star, and you're like, "Where'd that come from?" Um, that's not Israel Adesanya, for instance. Like he came in, and you immediately was like, "Ah, he's probably gonna be a star." Yeah, he was a star. Conor McGregor's <laughs> the same way. Max Holloway was the opposite of that. Max Holloway came in, lost to guys like Poirier and McGregor, and then just went on an insane winning streak. And then you're like, oh, we got something here. Um, yep. Stipe Miocic was a guy who just was like, oh, we got something here. Bellator needs to has, has to figure out how to stop relying on these older names in order to get viewers. I get the tactic, but you have talent. And I think... The, the tournament format is, is it's a good format to weed this out. The only problem is Bellator's had a lot of bad luck. MVP yeah, was... A, injuries. Yeah, no, not that. Just guys getting knocked outs. off. MVP, yeah, Ed just, Ruth. Like, if you go down the list, Aaron Pico, if you go down the list of guys that they push to the moon and then they bring UFC guys, they're like, all right, we're going to put them in here, and then they just all lose. And, yep. and then somebody like McKee, who MMA people know... Doesn't really sneak up on you, but then you go, oh shit, we got a star here, and that's your guy. Aaron McKee is your guy. Yeah, and again, it's guys like Pico and Ed Ruth, I still think it's a little early to write them off. Ruth, you might, it's time to consider because he hasn't looked good at all in his past few fights. Um, losses are one. He has thing. to learn how to use his wrestling. See, but that's the problem in an MMA context. Like Ruth isn't young, right? He's not as young as the other guys. Um, he's t- no, but Cormier started at thirty-one. Yeah, but Cormier didn't lose either. Like Cormier came True. in, like Cormier got injected into the Strike Force Heavyweight Grand Prix, and out of nowhere, and then won the shit and tossed Josh Barnett on his head like ten times. Right? Yeah. Ed Ruth lost immediately. And hasn't looked good since. No, nah, and now back to back losses, which hurt. Yeah, so he's in a tough spot. Other like somebody like Pico, they're young enough where they get knocked down. You go, okay, well they have the striking, the, they just got to put it all together. Ruth isn't a guy where it's put it all together. Ed Ruth is a guy who's like he's got this, but he's not making it work. Like Sage Northcutt was the same way. He's got this, and we see it, but he doesn't know how to make it work. I mean, Sage is 24. Ed Ruth is 30. Sage could 
Yo, Sage could go on a run still. He could, but I, I, I think getting his face broken makes me worrisome, right? That's like, the problem. You really don't you don't bounce back from that every day, getting your whole shit shattered. But at twenty four, it's time off, the pandemic. He going to run from twenty five to thirty where he might like you know, there's a chance he becomes what he should become if he takes it seriously enough. Well, see, there's a di- again, there's a difference. There's Sage Northcutt and there's Aaron Pico, right? Sage Northcutt's yeah. striking has never really translated in MMA, and I don't even know if there's no. anything he, he should have been Wonder Boy, but yeah, somehow it didn't. Click. Well, I'm just saying, I don't think there's anything he can possibly do to get that much better at striking. Pico's hands were heavy from day one. His MMA striking was on point. He just fought dumb and left his chin up a lot and got knocked out. That was his problem. Other fighters, they fix it. Like Robbie Lawler was a guy who fixed what was wrong with him. Yep. I don't know if there's anything Sage Northcutt can do because it's not like he's going to be a Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt anytime soon. His striking's not going to get that much better. He doesn't have that power that you need that's an equalizer. He just isn't You don't that think guy. like Mm-mm. Wonder Boy doesn't have that power Oh, yes, he does. Either, but... He learned how to sit on his punches. No, 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 no. And it was different. No, And no, the kicks were just no. insane. Wonder Boy was undefeated as a kickboxer. Kickboxer, yeah, okay. So, and he was, He's he, a different he, level of kickboxer. But that's what I'm saying. He's a different degree yeah. of striker in its entirety. Sage yeah. Northcutt. It's like Israel Adesanya. Like you're, it's a different level of striker. Yeah, Sage was a guy who was covering like Black Belt Magazine as a kid. And it's like, that's not, that's not high level striking. It looks nice. But in practice, it's not the same. Like, when Wonder Boy showed up, he was just knocking people's blocks off because of that world-class kickboxing. Once he learned how to defend the takedown, he struggled with that early. But after that, he was good. Northcutt's not that guy. Ed Ruth is a guy who's built, who's a great wrestler, but he can't make... He's not able to put it all together. He's got to go up to 185 or something. I don't know if that would help because he's got a little arms. 178 him. Like, MVP, a guy that that looked like a world-beater. Looked like Bellator's answer to Anderson Silva. And then... He's only lost once. I know. But the issue is, is that there are concerns... Because he hasn't looked all that impressive in his last couple fights. Because you know what happened? People figured it out. Competition got better. And they figured it out. It's like, I'm not just going to stand here and strike with him. That's dumb. And they don't do it. So you got to find ways to make these guys look good. And putting them on like Bellator Europe cards isn't it. Yeah, no. they, They haven't given him the platform... They they really gave him too many cans. They didn't pull the trigger early enough. Yeah, they, they to have him really test himself. They kind of fumbled the bag on that one. So yeah, yeah, MVP is the biggest fumble I think in MMA, and the guy's eighteen to one. But it's still the biggest fumble. By the way, he's knocked out three of the last four opponents. Who? So you say he hasn't looked impressive? MVP. I mean, but they they're cans. They're not. Good. They're cans again. No, Lima was the only non-can. Oh, and Daly in that fight was fucking Terrible. horrendous. Horrendous. And then Lima caught him and, Jesus, like put him on every highlight possible. And then, yeah, they just kept giving him cans after that. Yeah, like you got you to gotta push these guys or, or make them better. And, yeah, Bellator's got to, they got a matchmaking issue. Definitely. So we'll see how that goes going forward uh let's take our last break when we come back it's time to talk ufc and the upcoming card and a little bit of conor mcgregor so you guys stay right there we'll be right back
We'll get right back to the show in a second, but first, the wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be able to be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads to totals to teams, player and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, divisions, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, we are back, and it's the home stretch. We are talking UFC. And, Dre, the ink is dry. The signatures are signed. We are getting Conor McGregor versus Dustin Poirier in January. The return of McGregor, except this time, it's on Fight Island. This shit is really like the Kumite. It's going to be crazy to see McGregor with no fans in the building. I didn't think it was possible. But, Dana White, if there's a will, there's a way. Someone's cutting the check to McGregor. I mean, you know who's cutting the check to McGregor? All the money that Dana White has saved with these cheap-ass cards. Proper <laughs> twelve. That was gonna be my guess. I'm just no. If you looked at like last week's card, and then you Bud Crawford made more than the entire card like put together. Yeah, that's crazy. So, and I mean, you're doing this pay per view this weekend. Who's gonna make the most money? Valentina Shevchenko. And after that, yeah, more than Figueredo, which is crazy. He's main event. Yeah, and after that, who's making the most money? Uh, Chukagian, maybe. No, Shogun. Shogun will probably will make the most money, but. That, all that money they save and whatever they make is, is cap on the, the pay-per-view is going to Conor McGregor, which they fully expect will do extremely well. Yeah, it takes three cards. Three cards worth of income to pay McGregor. Yeah. So, I mean, look, I keep saying this fight is not a gimme fight. I, I'm glad they booked this fight with Poirier and McGregor. I think it's it can go a lot of different ways. Poirier is not the same guy that McGregor dusted off five years ago. Oh, by no means. No. You know, he's become he's finally become the guy. He's another one. He's finally become the guy that he was supposed to be. Had all the tools. Always did. Yep. He just had to figure out how to use them. And now at, at lightweight, he looks like trouble. And um good. I'm glad they booked this fight. I I keep I say it every show. I don't know who this McGregor is going to be. He hasn't fought since he fought Cowboy. And Poirier is a much bigger step up than fighting Cowboy. But we'll see, we shall see. We shall see how serious Connor takes this. Connor KOs him. But that's not to say that it's not a better version of Poirier in this fight. I just don't think Poirier takes him down or threatens him with anything outside of hands. And this is not the guy you want to stand there and strike with. It's a lot like Israel Adesanya to a lower level. Like, you don't want to strike with Connor. Like, it's just not going to end well. You're not Nate Diaz. You're you're not someone coming in at 170 pounds and lanky and Connor has to solve a puzzle, in which he still kicked Nate's leg off in that fight. Your only hope is to take him into deep waters and drown him, but you got to stand up for 10 minutes before you get there. And I, I don't see it. I, I think Eddie... Alvarez pushed him a little bit, and that was a back-and-forth fight before he Poirier won. And then um, Justin Gaethje was another fight where Poirier gets rocked but survives it and then stops Gaethje. 
there is no back and forth with Connor. When you're hurt, it's over. I don't know. I don't know about that. I think it's a wrap. Like I think, but I, it's a great opponent. Yeah, I see. I don't know because I think Con- I say this all the time. I think Connor snuck up on a lot of people. I think people underestimated that left hand, and I don't think any, that that left hand sneaking up on anybody anymore. Now, no, nah, but I think it still touches him. Like, I mean, look, I, I I don't know who's gonna win this fight, but I don't I don't know if look Connor knocked out Poirier at forty five. Yeah. Connor was a big one punch knockout artist at forty five. Yep. He's not a one punch knockout artist at fifty five. We've only seen two fights. How do we know? We've seen more than two fights. No, we have not. He's only fought twice at one fifty five. He fought Khabib at fifty five. And Eddie Alvarez. That is it, sir. He fought two fights and against Eddie Diaz at one seventy. Cowboy is 170. Oh, you're right. It was Cowboy. That was his- We've only seen him twice at 155. All right. Well, shit. He couldn't knock out Khabib. <laughs> Just- <laughs> he couldn't knock out Khabib, and he, he, he pieced up Eddie Alvarez. But he completely yeah. talked Eddie Alvarez out of his game. Completely. Um, and Poirier to an extent. Yeah. He, in that he, first He fight. absolutely Yeah. The Poirier fight? Absolutely. Poirier thought he was going fa- to Poirier's not falling for that. Either. No. no and the, I, So, I don't know what Poirier's strategy is going to be heading into this fight. And I don't know, like... Connor looks phenomenal against Cowboy, but Cowboy is yep. a really rusty, dusty version of Cowboy. He's not the same guy. Poirier's much better than he was before. I don't know. I, I have no idea how this fight is going to play out. It'd probably take me the week of when I start seeing these two talk and trying to figure out where Connor's focus is at. Because if, if Poirier can last two rounds, I'm curious. Connor hasn't fought. Like he it, in a while, yeah. Yep. Like he just ran over Cowboy. So what was that? Forty-five seconds. Second, yeah. He hasn't fought deep since Habib. Like that's not a lot of cage time. No, and it's not like you can just train. Like it's different. You can't just run around on the bike, right? Or just get into shape in your gym. Like it's not fighting shape. Like they say, it's not football shape. It's not basketball shape. It's not fighting shape. You can't simulate that anywhere. No. So, I'm very curious. So, we'll see how this one goes. I'm glad they booked the fight. It's the right fight to make. Um, Dana's still hanging on this shit about Khabib coming back. So, there's no, it's like, title eliminator and nothing <laughs> like that. It's crazy. Like, well, how hard is it to just take someone for the word? I mean, this is not what Dana does, right? Like, if Dana feels like you should be fighting again, he's going to try to force you out there. I was about to say, yeah, he's going to strong arm. Yeah, but if, you know, if you're Anderson Silva, he's like, I want to fight. And then Dana's like, no, you're not. You're done. And, look, I kind of get it, but then I kind of don't. Because it's like, look, man, Khabib just said, my dad's dead. I promised my mom I'm not going to fight anymore. I'm a man of principle. And Dana's like, no, you're not. What? (laughs) Like, what is wrong with you? So, I don't know. I don't know. But we'll see what happens. We got a, a month. Shit, two months. Two months? Was that January what seventeenth? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, about two months, almost exactly two months from today. Yeah, so hopefully nobody gets hurt. The fight comes through, but at least the ink is dry. Yeah, which is I didn't even expect. Rona, Rona free, hopefully. Oh, yeah, that's a whole nother my thing. biggest concern. Yeah. Yep. So that gets that gets dicey in its in its own right. So let's let's keep both guys Rona free, healthy. Let's get to fight week because that's a big fight kicking off twenty twenty one with Connor. It'd be a full year yeah. since Connor stepped in the octagon, and those numbers are crazy. So um, hopefully we get that going into the year. 
there is a UFC card coming up this weekend. So let's preview that and give our predictions. Again, like we mentioned, not the biggest of UFC cards, but we got to give our predictions all the time. Anyway, we have uh, Shogun Hua versus Paul Craig in the first fight of the evening. I, I'm done doubting old men and old man strength. <laughs> like, I really am. Like, I've done that shit for like the past month and been wrong. Give me Shogun to win this. Um, They fought to a draw their last fight. It was a split draw. And Shogun's only gotten older since then. So, I'm going to go with Paul Craig. <laughs> you know, it's crazy. You these old men if you want. <laughs> it, it's so weird to me because Shogun is, and I say only because it feels like he's been fighting forever. He's only 38. It feels like he's like 48. <sighs> Yay. He has highlights in every promotion. That's what I'm saying. Like, when he came into Pride, he was like stupid <laughs> young. He was a pride kicking people in the face in a ring. Soccer kicks, man. What a time. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so glad I caught up on pride. Oh, God. That was probably the best thing I've done this past two years. You know what I do? Like, I watch a UFC card, and when I'm writing my story, I turn on an old pride. And then I just, I'm up for, like, another, like, two and a half hours. And I'm like, yo. Yeah. These cards Wait, are nuts. It's crazy because you saw all of that. When I was watching, I had never seen that. And the only reason I went back, not the only reason, because it's something, obviously, being in combat sports that I eventually had to watch, right? But it was around two years ago when we had the Fedor top five all-time debate. Oh, yeah. And you were like, you can't say anything. You didn't watch Pride. I was like, fuck it. I got to go watch Pride because the old man is just getting on my nerves with this shit. So I went and I watched and then I kept watching and I kept watching and those fights are just so fun. The pride, pride is like it's I, like real life Mortal Kombat. I've mentioned this. I was late to Pride, and then I just rented all the VHS tapes that I could find at the video <laughs> store, and then I caught myself up and right up until the the sale. And I was just like, like I would watch it, and I was like, how is this not big here? Like this was pre like you know streaming services and all this shit. Yeah, that's that's why. If that shit was around, that would have been competition for the UFC. No, it's too it's too real. I don't know if it would have ever been that big. Like, it it doesn't blur the lines of anything. UFC to me is is big now because it blurs the lines. Still, it's it's still enough entertainment. Pride is too real. Man, I don't know. I like pride. The intros, the walkouts, the pageantry, and then you just get these grand these, yeah. these fights, and it's like one after another. Like, imagine get, seeing someone get kicked in the face. But, like, dog, just, could you imagine that viral shit? Like, I couldn't even post that on the. ESPN MMA account. I, I don't know, man. I mean, you're probably right. It's just that if they had streaming services when Pride was around and you could watch like the emergence of Rampage or you could watch Shogun or guys Great. like Alistair Overeem or Crow Cop. Crow Cop? Oh, my God. Crow Cop. Heck. Like Crow Cop and Fedor and like there's just they had so much talent. Like Pride was loaded. Like UFC won when they bought Pride. Like, they oh, flat out won. Like, the Yakuza was running pride. The shit was fucking lawless, but it was amazing. And I watch this shit all the time. So, it's... I don't even know how we got here. Why are we even they talking about Hendo pride? to pride? I don't, I don't know how we got here, but that shit's amazing. Walk down memory lane. Uh, oh, because of Shogun. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Shogun. <laughs> so, yeah, Shogun's going to lose because he's 38 and he's got 10 million miles on his body. But, 
God, he was a man. If anybody, Listen, I just saw Glover Teixeira just fucking wreck someone. I'm picking Shogun. I, I'm picking every old person. It's, it's, think about for like the next six it's, months. It's just Glover, Glover Teixeira still feels like he's got life left. Like Shogun feels like a walking corpse who still is able to fight somewhat. Paul Craig's not did a I, world beater, but did I just see Lil Nog win not too long ago? Did you? Because you, I can't remember. I don't know if he won or lost. I know he fought. We we covered it on here, but Nog is fighting. What? Yeah, they got to chill with Nog. <laughs> like, the Nogueras are still fighting? Nah, yeah, this it's a whole different level. A whole different level of old people still fighting. So give me the old man. Um, next fight, Caitlin Trujillian versus Cynthia Calvillo. I believe this is a rescheduled fight mm-hmm. due to the Rona. Um, give me Cynthia, though. Cynthia, to me, moving up in weight was clutch. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, yeah. she she has to be the next challenger, right? She's the only person with like some some oomph that makes at least casuals believe that she can challenge for the yeah. Moment. Nobody's beating Shevchenko, but um, yeah, this was rebooked and like the UFC kind of positioned this as a title eliminator right after Lauren Murphy won her fight and was like, I should get a title fight because I'm here yeah. and I'm fighting. And the UFC is like, yeah, fuck that. We're going to go with this. Cal- chill, Lauren. We're going to go with this Calvillo. <laughs> so here's what's going to happen. I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. If Calvillo loses, Lauren Murphy probably gets the next title shot. Oh, I agree. hundred percent. Lauren better be rooting for Caitlyn a hundred percent. Yeah. Game. But I don't think Shukagan is going to be Calvillo. Calvillo is just like a little mean ass pit bull. And she's she's just she'll grind the shit out of you. Chukagian is good, but it, these are the fights that you watch. And when it's competitive, you go, "Oh, they've got nothing for Shevchenko because Shevchenko just washes everybody in this division, everybody." So, it's who's getting fed to Shevchenko next? That's the question. Yeah, Calvillo's only slip up was to Carla Esparza. Uh, if not, she would have had the title fight two years ago. Yeah, Dana White really likes her. Um, she went to distance with Jessica High, proved she can go the distance, which was huge in a five-round fight. So, yeah, why not? Right? Why not sure. see what she has? Um, she has personality. And I didn't know. She's like 33 years old. So I had no clue she was that old. And she looks like a child, but she's not. Yeah. No, I guess she's been around the game for a while. And then uh, <laughs> next fight. Oh, my God. You know who the hell I'm picking. Mike Perry versus Tim Means. I'm picking the line. I've got to spend time on this shit. Yeah, Tim Means by violence. I can't, man. This is bizarre to me. So Mike Perry has these domestic abuse allegations floating around. Mike Perry is his mother, right? I mean, was it his mother or girlfriend? Child of some shit, whatever. Some weird. But here's the thing: not only is that that floating around, his N word, his like that that incident where you like punch somebody like a bar. All these things happen, and you can tell when the UFC likes somebody because they still let him fight. Yep. Like they're letting him be cornered by his pregnant girlfriend. I mean, look, man, I I don't care who corners you. <laughs> that's that's on you. Like if you want to really? have your yeah, if you want to have a stick, I hope her water breaks. God damn. Um, <laughs> but yeah, obviously I'd like to see Tim Means beat his ass. But uh, you know, originally it's supposed to be Robbie Lawler, and when Robbie was injured, I thought, oh, this is the perfect opportunity to pull him off the card. But no, 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 the UFC is gonna still roll with Mike Perry. The motherfucker's not even ranked, yet here he is, still being an idiot and still getting fed fights. I please, yep. please, Tim Means beat his ass. I hate being like MMA is the only sport where I do this, where I'm like, 
legitimately biased. Like, yeah. listen, some people deserve asshole. Yeah, like Kobe Covington, biased. I hope he gets beat up in every fight. This, like, Mike Perry, get him the fuck out of here. I hope Tim Means washes him. I'm going to pick Tim yep. Means because I can't pick Mike Perry. My blackness won't allow me to do so. Exactly. Listen, I want fucking, I want the black beast to go and just crush Hardy yeah. in every way, too. There's several of these matchups where I just want to see people get beat up. So, yeah, nothing wrong with that. That shit happens in MMA. MMA is not a sport for choir boys. And us being people who cover it, fuck it. Throw all the rules out the window. Sometimes someone just deserves an ass whooping. Um, co-main event, this one is easier to pick than a Mike Perry fight. Valentina Shevchenko versus Jennifer Maya. Shevchenko. Uh, okay, I got to put a qualifier. Over under two rounds. Under. Mm. Give me... Under as well. Yeah. I want to give Maya a chance. I was going to say third round. Nah, Shevchenko ends it in the second. Nah, here, here's why I say under. Shevchenko seemingly is being annoyed by Jennifer Maya talking. Jennifer Maya said, I want it more than her. And I don't think Jennifer Maya meant anything by it. It's just usually a cliche <laughs> thing to say. Shevchenko yeah. heard that and was like, how dare she? And I know Maya was like, what did I do? And, and you know, she was like, I worked so hard to get this title. And you want it more than me? So I feel like Shevchenko's got a point to prove. And I also feel like Shevchenko looks at fighters to see what they've done in their past. And uh, Maya has never been stopped. Well, she hasn't been stopped in the UFC. She got a submission loss in like 2011. That's how long Jennifer Maya's been around. But other than that, she's only lost decisions. I think Shevchenko's going to come here and try to be the first person to knock her the fuck out. And I mean, look. Like, Shevchenko, she didn't knock out Liz Carmouche, and everybody gave her shit about it. And uh, being in the co-main event and looking at somebody that you don't feel like wasting your time with, I think she douses her in flames and and just destroys her maybe a round and a half. Yeah, she definitely dismantled uh, Caitlyn, though. Chukagian last time out. So, she she more than made up for not uh, wrecking Carmouche. That being said, this should be the main event. Dude, it's it's arguably it, if the pound for pound rankings weren't split up, yeah, I'd have Shevchenko above Davidson, obviously, easily, easily. Within he's not within five spots. Of no, there's no. I, I keep saying it. There's no bigger gap in any division than Shevchenko in this division. Yeah, there's no reason she's not headlining this. No, that's stupid. They they fucked that up. Yeah, and once Cody Garbrandt went out, you you flip flopped that. Yeah. But whatever. So then the, the real co-main event that is just going on last, Davison Figueredo versus Alex Perez. Um, Figueredo's been on one hell of a run. Looked great in there. You know, Cody Garbrandt being out, you know, hurts the star power in this. But you know what? I'm going with Alex Perez. Yeah, I can't do that. He's only lost to Joseph Benavidez the past three years. And I, I think he's just, I, it's dumb, but I'm buying into the talk. I think he sounds really confident this week. I like his demeanor. I like everything going into this fight. He's made me a believer, which I should really just believe my eyes, right? Because Figueroa's been on one hell of a streak. I'm going with the upset. I think Perez wins. Yeah, I can't see that happening. Yes, Perez lost to Joseph Benavidez at a fight I was at. I'm pretty sure you were there too. Um, yes, sir. Ultimate Fighter finale. And... Yes, he's won since then, but 
Figueredo, yes, he has bounced Joseph Benavidez twice. Submitted Tim Elliott. He's only lost to Formiga, who for some reason the UFC decided to cut. To let go. He has a win over the champion. Like, what are you doing? Like, I, this that's I bizarre. Know. Like, Formiga, to, to have wins, a win over the champ, who's only lost to figure it out, and you, I mean, who's only lost to Formiga, and you cut him? I don't, I don't get it. But this fight in particular, like, yeah, I mean, Alice Perez, I guess, as soon as Cody Garbrandt fell out, this the next man up. But seasoning. They're just waiting for Garbrandt to save the division. Yeah, well, he's not. Um, I don't think he is. Well, I don't think so. I mean, I think so. I mean, he's better I, see, I, than everyone in that division, I believe. I, it's the Dillashaw effect. Can he make the weight? If he can make weight. If he can make the weight, he's roof in everyone in well, that Well, if he makes the weight, but like Dillashaw made the weight, and look what happened to him. Oh yeah, he was gassed, right? Like it was, I mean, he got killed. Like Cejudo, like he was also on some stuff, and he had, so, had no knows? punch resistance whatsoever. So fig- it's all, all that to say is that Figueroa, I think, is going to win this fight. I think he stops Perez, um, and I think Figueroa knows that being the headliner of this card that nobody gives a shit about, and it's going to do what fifty thousand buys pay per view. He's got to do something special. Maybe he tries too hard, but I think one way or another, he's going to get Perez out of there. All right, I don't think it goes to the judges. No. So yeah, that's that's a fair, it's a fair guess, Lord. You're right. like good prediction. I'm going with the upset. I'm probably gonna be wrong, um, but I I bought into the hype this week. Fuck it. If there's a card to go, just blind faith, I'll take this one because weird shit happens during the pandemic. 2020 is not done yet, and this is the year of the weird shit. Give me a weird prediction to end this. So that is the UFC card. We've predicted everything. On there. Hopefully, you guys watch that and enjoy. That is our show for today. Make sure you guys stay safe, stay Rona free. If you want to follow us on social media, follow the show at Corner Podcast underscore on Twitter, at Corner Club for Life on Instagram. You can follow me at Kel Dansby, him at Andreas Hill on all platforms. Shout out to Blue Wire, the network. Shout out to all of the sponsors. Make sure you guys check out our other show on adfreeshows.com, Wrestling with Stereotypes, the same as our live shows. Now it is a podcast. Great guest on there every other week. It has been fun doing that, bringing you plenty of more guests on there as well. Man, it's been great. Hopefully you guys enjoyed this show. Hopefully you guys enjoyed the verses. We'll be back on Sunday talking pro wrestling and have plenty more for you guys then. Until then, though, we're out. Peace. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.